0: Hello, everyone. This is TribeCastre Castrea, episode 19, and my name is Marina. This week I have spent two overwhelming days on Arctic 15 and had an inspiring evening at Tribe Plus. I have recorded for you three absolutely cool interviews with the presenters and speakers of the events. I could have introduced them for you, but instead I'll give the voice to my guests. This is TribeCastre Arctic 15 special episode, so get your volume set on. And my first guest for this week is Amazing Joppe, and basically for now I'm amazed by the time that you arrived for the interview, arrived in time, and had time in between of all this hustle and bustle of the Arctic 15 festival. So now it's your turn to amaze me even more by telling the story of your... ...life and background and career path. So please tell a few things about yourself.
1: Okay, well, hi. So I'm uh, Joppa Kwaadvlieg, And I'm uh, currently a networking and communications expert. I have a bit of a weird journey. Actually, by diploma, I'm a social worker. And here in Finland, my diploma isn't valid. So I needed to reinvent myself. And I was uh, trying to find different jobs, but it was very difficult to get hired. And at some point, I came across Arctic uh, Startup, actually... And they do events, and I've always had a thing for events. As Dimitri, the CEO, also said this morning at the opening, I think it's very important to figure out your meaning and try and follow that, Right. I was thinking about what do I want to do, and I thought something in events, so I came across Arctic Startup, and I just simply uh, saw on the website that they said, if you want to come by for a coffee, do that. Well, because I'm Dutch, I do that, and I'm like, let's go, so I went there, and we had a chat, and then I kind of very accidentally ended up in the startup world, which was interesting because it kind of went simultaneously with the discovery of the work that I do right now, so... I also got really interested in networking at the same time and I noticed that, you know, Arctic 15 is a networking event and a lot of people know that they should network, right? And everybody says, go out there and network, but nobody really explains to you, I believe, how does that go, right? How, how do you actually network? So while I was working at Arctic 15, an Arctic startup... I started doing research on that and I started collecting stuff. And at some point I kind of had a package and I noticed that, you know, one part is kind of the motivation. So go out there and network. But another part is you can, there are actual practical steps to take to networking. So I started writing that down and I made it into a little workshop. And then first I did that for actually other expats and other immigrants because a lot of them are looking for work you know the startup world is an excellent place for that, especially as a foreigner, because it's super international, actually. So uh, gradually, I got asked to do that more and more next to my, my, the job I had to the point where I got asked so much that it became a company. And I also think that, in a way, I have a very unique way looking at the startup world because Arctic Startup is not a startup. And the work that I don't do is a startup, but everything is intertwined in the networking so I always got to see the whole startup world as an observer, so to speak, which I think is very, very interesting.
0: And one of the actually amazing parts of Arctic 15 is that we're recording on the premises, so people are just walking around, and opening the doors, and actually I find it fun. I guess it also can be considered a part of networking, that you bump into people on a coffee place, in a queue to the toilet, in a corridor trying to figure out where your next meeting is. Do you think it's actually a good way to start a conversation with you bump into people like this? Or do you think that networking is more about, you know, let's meet in a room and make it a very professional
1: and business-like? I think it's a personal choice. So there are people who like to have back-to-back meetings, like here in the deal room, which works very, very well for certain people. I'm not the type. If you put me back-to-back in a room to have meetings, I'm going to hate myself. I like to meet people. And the thing is, for me, is before I do business with you, I want to connect with you on a personal level. I want to know if I like you. And I don't do business with people that I don't like. Right By getting to know people first and walking into them, whether it's in a line for coffee or at a demo booth, I think that works very well and I also think it sets the tone for the rest of the conversation and the rest of the networking, specifically because you don't know whether somebody will be able to help you straight away in that moment, whether it's funding or a job or uh, selling products, but maybe. The next networking event or the next networking event or the next networking event, you meet them again, and then you actually create something. What's interesting to me is this. So me personally, I'm not interested in making money. I like money, but that's not the point. What I'm looking for is how can you create something bigger than I could have done by myself, right? So it becomes a very positive way of networking. It's all about creating something that you could not have done alone. Do you
0: think that Arctic 15 is an example of what people couldn't have done alone, but as a team they can fulfill that?
1: Yeah, I've thought about it a lot, what makes this different, what makes Arctic 15 different, and they manage really well to create atmosphere. How do you make a space and how do you fill it with people that there's a sense of equality? For instance, to give one example, the people from Arctic 15, they don't discriminate between the volunteers and the people that actually attend. So if you're a volunteer, you can also use the deal room. So that means that you also can book meetings. So everybody's on the same foot and it creates a very happy atmosphere, right? There is no VIP and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I've been thinking about it. What is it exactly? What they do? I haven't figured that out yet, but somehow the collaboration of the people and the volunteers and management, it works really well. And so, yeah, it it very adds to the atmosphere and the networking. And you can very clearly see it because after the two days, people are really happy and had lots of meetings and lots of ideas. And it goes beyond funding and selling products. People are like, hey, I actually found my co-founder. Hey, I found an intern. Hey, I found my surf buddy and so on and so on. To me, that's the beauty of networking. It shouldn't only be about work as a network.
0: Could you please open up a bit more what is your workshop about?
1: Yeah, so my workshops, I have a very hands-on approach. So, well, the first thing, it's an actual workshop. You know, a lot of people call their workshops workshops, but there's no actual work being done. Of course, the workshop that I do here is only one hour. The actual workshop is actually a course. So normally it's five times two hours. The hour is the whole thing but condensed into 1 hour. What it is about is actually very simple. It is about the idea of how do I express myself in such a way that the other will understand?
0: That doesn't sound like simple idea. Well, yeah. I got a communication degree so okay, I know Okay, there you what go, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I developed kind of like a formula which is very basic where you can go through your story in such a way And then it starts with this to me, right? So the question is, what is it that you have to offer? And then people go like, well, my product. And go like, no, 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 go beyond that. And then they go, they don't know. Problem solution? Yeah, so it's like, what do you have to offer? And then people need to make a list of that so that next time when they go to network, they don't have to come up with it on the spot. And then they have to ask themselves the question, well, what is it that I need? And then people go, like, I need funding. Like, well, what else do you need? Do you need an intern? Do you need a co-founder? Do you need a programmer? And so on and so on. Now, when you know both, you're not there yet. They're only halfway there. Then the idea is to be able to express yourself in such a way that the other will understand. So that kind of goes like, what's the challenge that you have, right? And what's the outcome? So the formula goes as following. So it's challenge plus your solution plus the outcome. So always devise your story like that. That makes it easier for the other to understand that your product works or that they understand what you're looking for. And a lot of people forget to explain that, actually. So they might go like, you might ask them, so what do you do? And you go like, I sell uh, vacuum cleaners, right? They go, yeah, but you didn't tell me what they actually do. So create a story around it. And I'm always pretty blown away that even people who've been networking for many years and people that are good and social, how difficult they actually find it to, in a proper way, explain themselves so the other will understand.
0: Right. So do I get it right that you think that networking is more about knowing some techniques than about experiencing
1: it? Oh, that's such a difficult question. Okay, so thank you for asking that because I don't think that if you follow the steps in my workshop that that will make you good at networking. It's such a complex system. So what I mean is that the steps are there, but you still have to make it your own. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's very, very difficult. That's why the workshop is set in five parts. And actually one of the workshops is the fourth one. We go to an event together and we network on the spot and I'm there to give you live feedback. So that way people can try out what they have learned See if it works, and if it doesn't, come to me and say, like, hey, I've been seeing this, it's not working. And then the last workshop, we um, reflect on that. That really works very, very well.
0: Right, that sounds interesting. By the way, if you're on a big event and you see people networking, which is like thing for the big events and you see someone doing something like really, really, really wrong. Do you ever have this feeling like let me tell you how you should do that? Yeah, it's a fair question. It's like you know like when I go to the gym sometimes or when I go skating sometimes, sometimes I run into an old lady who's like this is how you shoot and I'm like I've been doing it for more than 20 years I kind of know how I should do that.
1: You know it started out because I couldn't help myself anyway. I want to help people if I can. I only will offer the help if they in any way form ask it and that often starts with hey i'm looking for this but i can't find anybody then i'll very often go like hey i have some ideas it has happened many times before that i start giving a whole workshop of an hour just for one person, because communication is so important, and and in general, we're not really good at it. And I think everybody deserves to be good at it because everybody has skills and everybody has good products. You know, the products here are amazing. I will every once in a while help somebody out if I can. I
0: guess we're done for today. Thank you very much for this interview, Yappe. That Thank was you. really amazing. And I'm pretty sure I have signed for a workshop, so awesome. I will learn how to talk to people. We'll Thank see you then. You. Thank you. And now we'll have two guests simultaneously. Hello, Kirsi. Hello, Hari. Please tell our listeners a few things about yourselves.
2: Okay, I'm Kirsi am running uh, currently the FinTech ecosystem. It's our own company. I'm one of the co-founders. Well, when I was a small girl, I wanted to be a Finner pilot because my dad has been working for Finner. What happened actually, one of my family members' sister called me to work as a summer help for the bank. And and that's the case. I have been as a banker over 30 years and, and now last five years has been doing things with the fintech side. My
3: name is Harry, and I have been working in the banks and insurance companies also for over 30 years. Currently, I'm a sort of a board professional. I'm both investing in startups and sitting in the boards of startups and, and also trying to help new startups. Especially here in this fintech ecosystem, we see that uh, sort of a platform, formula, cooperation formula, to, to gather uh, different players around the branch and help them to get into the market. That is our mission.
0: I know that you are running this fintech track on Arctic 15. Maybe we could start from the definition what is a track, what the format is about.
2: Okay, track is a track, meaning that it's important enough topic to have our own specialized track actually this is the second year we are having the fintech track usually you have a funding track and blockchain track and uh, artificial intelligence track but now we have a specially for financial technology focused track i think it's very very cool that the topic starts to be so important that that we have our own track for that
3: And and the track is about two hours session with different playing modes would I say so, that there is a, some keynotes and then panel discussions and we are with Kirsi moderating it.
0: Is it difficult for you to moderate the topic? I mean, financial, technology, for me this is, sounds like damn serious stuff.
2: The pre-work has been quite extensive, to be honest. I mean, to find the, all the speakers, to, to, to combine uh, that, to have an uh, interesting enough and exciting outcome, that has been, of course, a ask and, and briefing of the different speakers and panelists, of course, which are the topics and, and headlines and, and so on. Of course, it has been an extensive work, but it has been also fun because you learn a lot when you talk to all around the globe then the actual track well it's tomorrow so (laughs) we never know what happens but in fact when it happens on the stage i would
3: say so that it's not easy but it's not difficult either if you are awake and you are listening what happens on the stage you can sort of be involved with the discussion make questions a bit challenge the Players or those people who are interacting in the discussion, and so you, our job is to keep it interesting and alive. The discussion.
2: Can you tell a bit about the program of the track? Yes. First of all, last year when we had the first time to finish the track in in Arctic 15, it was mainly the bankers, the big banks and wealth management company talking, and actually having the drivers seat But this year. I think the time has changed, and, and it, it's going towards the fintech startups. And it means in practice that that actually the word is given this year to the fintechs, and also investors, VCs industry experts who actually have a saying about the collaboration within the financial ecosystem that's good good to understand
3: that when you are talking and and thinking about the fintech as a concept it has been so that in the few years ago it was a sort of a division banks against fintechs and fintechs killing banks but if we look one or two years back the development has gone to that direction that it's more like cooperation model and so they are all the players are stronger together instead of fighting against each other.
0: So uh, do I get it right that you believe that there is a place for startups within a fintech
3: sphere? Yeah absolutely.
2: Absolutely yes yes. and more and more we see actually joint fintech fintech collaboration also because uh, typically uh, if you think Big players, the traditional players like banks and, and insurance companies and pension companies or wealth management companies, they are big animals and one fintech alone is too small. But if we can help them and, and build the business cases where actually they collaborate together and create a certain kind of consortium, that is more, how would I say, interesting to the traditional players to cooperate. And it's also, um, there is a risk aspect as well. Uh, it's not so risky to, to have a better, bigger consortium instead of having a one small startup player.
3: And, and if I look it from the bank or insurance company, big company perspective, it's also so that the, when the one fintech is covering quite narrow part of a process – or a system or a need. Typically, the big companies, they want to fix the long process, end-to-end process. And in those cases, it's more natural to utilize few or more fintechs and own processes instead of having only one.
0: Since you have participated in Arctic 15 for a few years, uh, could you please share your feelings about the event in general?
2: Actually, today I made a Twitter tweet, and also in Instagram, saying that, whoop, whoop, we have the most uh, interesting, uh, my favorite conference, Arctic 15, starting. This is my favorite conference because, first of all, it's cool to be in Finland and Helsinki to have this bus, this startup bus. And it's cool that we have uh, lots of different kind of tracks, meaning that we have also other animals than games only coming from Finland. So I think it's this is a great concept, and Taru and, and Jan and, and all the uh, staff, they have made a great job. One comment from my
3: point of view also, that I find this very interesting, very good, and this is cool to have so international, this atmosphere here. And like we, our company's name, FinTech Ecosystem, we trust to that the more partners on the market is, the better. and And also so that even though the Finnish market is very good, we can't live alone here. We need other companies from other countries, from other cultures. And together we are stronger.
0: So you basically believe that at Arctic 15, good connections are established, enabling Finnish businesses to go abroad.
3: And vice versa. Absolutely. Because we see also that very important that we can help to bring interesting uh, international startups to the Finnish market. So it, it goes to the both, both directions.
2: Mm.
0: And probably I have one last question for today. How would you generally evaluate the state of Finnish startup ecosystem nowadays?
2: No, I think it's really, really positive thing for Finland and the whole ecosystem that we have these startup people and, and they are doing a tremendous job. The only thing which is a little bit challenging, I am worried about, is about the amounts and uh, amount of investments. In Finland, we have a very, very little money. So we need more investments from abroad to really, really scale up the startups because we help uh, tech and fintech companies to, to find the best possible funding as well mm. in our fintech ecosystem. And um typical case is that, that the company asks for 1 million, but actually they should ask 10 million. The amounts are too, too tiny.
3: Well, one comment on the, you asked about the, how we see the ecosystem as, as a whole. I would say, like Kirsi was saying, that we are in the, it's very good to have this kind of broad fintech and startup ecosystem in Finland. The, our national economy will be better, getting in modern, young companies, employing while growing because our our industrial structure have been so old-fashioned with the heavy engineering and, and industry. We are becoming more international and more agile society with these startups.
0: Thank you very much for this interview, Hari and Kirsi. It was great having you in the studio and now let's go and enjoy the rest of the day one at Arctic 15. Good morning, everyone. This is Arctic 15, day two. My name is Marina, and today we start with a guest for whom I'm very grateful for having time for this interview in his really busy schedule. Hello, Peter. And uh, I think it would be better if you'd tell a few things about yourself.
4: Yeah, so I'm uh, Peter Vesterbacka and uh, yeah, local entrepreneur here in Finland. And uh, yeah, I've been involved with uh, startups for a while, so more than 20 years. I think that I've been an entrepreneur all my life. been involved with... Uh, Getting Slush going back in 2008. So, uh, all the way back in 1999, so, you know, like 20 years ago, I started something called the HP Bazaar. So, I started my career at the company that Bill and Dave started in their garage in Palo Alto in 1939. So that's basically what started the Silicon Valley. Okay, that was before my time. But uh, then uh, also, uh, of course, more recently, I was the Mighty Eagle at uh, Rovio. So building the Angry Birds brand and taking that to various places like China. And then I've been also for the last few years, very focused on looking east. So again, China, India, of Asia, and that's been fantastic to do out of uh, Helsinki because we happen to be here at the heart of all of Eurasia. So I always say that we have a fantastic geographic location right here in the middle, and around us in our neighborhood, we have 70% of the world's population, so 5 billion people. So it's a very good starting point for building fantastic companies, fantastic businesses. So uh, that's kind of my focus right now. And then I'm also building a tunnel between Helsinki and Tallinn to cope with this massive growth that we're expecting going forward. So involved with many different things and all of them have uh, this kind of like entrepreneurial attitude in common. So making stuff happen.
0: Yeah. And you're really good at making stuff happen and making the world rocking.
4: Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's, you know, like, you have to have something to do, and, and I think that the most important thing is you have to have fun, and uh, I think also uh, my advice to Niklas and the guys when they actually won a game-making competition that I organized back in 2003, and they asked me that, like, what should we do now? We're students here at Alto, and I said that you should do what you love, and then they started doing what they love, which was making games. So they started Rovion 2003. And, and I think it's always about doing what you love to do. And when you have the passion for what you're doing, then everything becomes like pretty easy.
0: So is the passion and interest the main criteria for you when you're choosing which startup or which company to invest in?
4: Absolutely, and I think that it's always I'm looking for of course great entrepreneurs first and foremost and just actually run or rushed here from this announcement uh, that I'm now working with Two Dads. Actually, it's Two Dads is a fantastic brand, I think and uh, working with Two Dads that very concerned about all the not so healthy food that the kids eat because there's not like many healthy alternatives to go to the local supermarket anywhere in the world. So Two Dads is now focused on making healthy food for kids uh, everywhere and super happy to be working with them and and the reason for that is that I love the brand and I also uh, think that it's a great example of you know, a great business doing great things. So I think all businesses should look at doing good because that's also good for business.
0: Okay. I think this can be used as a quote. And of course, our listeners don't really see it, but today Petra is wearing a uh, 2 Dates t-shirt. Yeah, you so always have like to leave the brand and, and yeah. do
4: do what you believe in. But uh, I think that that's uh, very typical for the companies that I work with. It's always has to be something that I can believe in and uh, you know really also then of course be able to contribute so uh, always love doing things differently and and then uh, typically haven't been afraid of setting uh, reasonably ambitious goals so i think that that is another thing that uh, startups always and entrepreneurs should always do that don't be afraid of going crazy uh, and going crazy with your ambition and goals because it's something that we as human beings are always very good at kind of like limiting ourselves and thinking that we can't do something but of course we can do anything and I think that this is something that you know entrepreneurs all of us are a bit crazy and and, uh, that's like a good thing.
0: Right so as you mentioned you're quite active in China now and this Uh is probably a classical question but in your opinion what's the main difference between Finnish and Chinese startup ecosystem or business ecosystem in general?
4: Obvious. First thing is is size. Of course, uh, everything in China, I mean, you take Finland and you multiply by 250 and you get there. Otherwise, I think that, of course, it's different, but uh, it's more similar than different. So I think that everywhere what makes startups great are, of course, the fantastic entrepreneurs, and it's always all about the people. And I think that, yeah, there are not actually that many differences in the end. But I think that, you know, besides like the obvious difference of scale, I think that then there are uh, also obvious like differences that come from there, that if you are a startup in Finland, you of course, immediately understand that, okay, being number one in Finland is probably, okay, it's not a bad thing, but it's not uh, going to deliver you the world, then you have to go outside. And I think China is actually similar to the US and other like big markets that if you are a startup in Silicon Valley, or if you are a startup in Beijing or Shanghai, you don't necessarily have to go anywhere. I mean, if you're number one in China, that's like pretty damn good. If you're number one in the US, that's also, you know, very good. So I think that there is not that natural global thinking and I think this is one area again uh, we have a lot of collaboration now with uh, Chinese startups Chinese investors and I think that one thing that we can bring to the table here from Finland or actually I like to talk about the whole finest uh, bay area so uh, you know Helsinki and Tallinn, Stockholm and St. Petersburg that we have a lot of uh, very internationally minded globally minded people here and then when we bring our local entrepreneurs together with Chinese entrepreneurs Yeah, then there's like no stopping it. So I think that we can really nicely complement each other. And then we're very fortunate here in Finland that, you know, you get on a plane in Helsinki. Six hours later, you're in Delhi. Seven hours later, you're in Beijing. Eight hours, Shanghai. We have three flights a day to Tokyo, actually five flights, you know, like at peak during Golden Week and all of that. But it's not only those places. I mean, you can fly from Helsinki directly to uh, Beijing, Shanghai, Chongqing, Chengdu, Nanjing, Xi'an, Jinan, and I probably forgot some, yeah, Hong Kong, obviously. And then also uh, in uh, Japan, it's not only Tokyo, but it's Nagoya, Osaka, Fukuoka, Sapporo, and so on. So physical connectivity is fantastic. And again, you know, leveraging our geographic position. Uh, Here we are the closest neighbor uh, of uh, China, India, Japan, and Korea in Europe. So I think that uh, that already allows us to do a lot of things. And that's why we see here now at Arctic 15 and, uh, you know, slush, we always see a very big participation from all over Asia. And of course, also all over the world. But, you know, Asia is kind of like in our neighborhood. So uh, we see a lot of of uh, entrepreneurs, a lot of startups, a lot of investors uh, coming here because it's, you know, super easy, short, direct flight and you're in Helsinki. So why wouldn't you be here?
0: Yeah, it's always convenient when the transportation is easy and quick. Yeah. That saves lots of time. Probably to wrap up this interview, I'd like to ask you two short questions. First mm-hmm. of all, I'm pretty sure this is not your first Arctic 15. No. Any comments, any differences from the previous years? Are you happy with yeah, the event? I
4: think that it's it's been a very good event. Uh, lots of great people. And for me, all of these events, of course, it's all about the people. So I haven't listened to too many presentations uh, or anything like that, but I met with uh, a lot of you know old friends but also a lot of new friends so a uh, really good event and uh, yeah i'd say that it's uh, bigger and better again yeah really like the event because also reminds me of the early days of slush that we also organized here at the Cable Factory. So, um, of course, now the scale, uh, if you look at slush, is uh, a bit different. So we kind of like outgrew the Cable Factory. But the Cable Factory is one of my favorite places here in general. I mean, not only during Arctic 15, but like in general, this is the biggest cultural hub in all of Europe. Five hectares of uh, amazing companies, amazing things. You have uh, studios of music studios, movie studios, you have architects you have kung fu you have uh, dance studios theater you have a fantastic variety of you know business and culture here at the cable factory and at massive scale at least like for europe great place to hang out and not only during arctic 15 but like uh, all the other days as well so yeah love being here and uh, been meeting with so many fantastic people highly highly recommended
0: right and there was promo for arctic 15 2020 from okay. Petr bestervak yeah Right, uh, I think I should ask some money from them for it. Oh, yeah, you should yeah. Ask. We yeah, should yeah, yeah. Right, my last question. We're on behalf of Tribe Thumper Community. We are very grateful that you had time for visiting us at Tribe Plus. It was our first year here, mm. and we co-hosted it with Crazy Town.
4: Very good. And.
0: Can we ask for a short feedback about that event as well?
4: Yeah, I think that we had a very good Tribe Tampere event last night. Uh, it was packed with people, and I uh, think that we're doing really cool things together. So uh, we're now uh, taking the finest bay area, so everybody around the uh, little bay that we have here, so not only Helsinki and Tallinn, but you know Stockholm and St. Petersburg, so local startups from around the bay and from Tampere and Turku and everywhere, so we had uh, a lot of people, and now finest bay area going to the greater bay area so the hong kong shenzhen guangzhou macau area which is a slightly bigger bay area but i think that uh, by working together now Uh, You know, the finest Bay Area and Greater Bay Area, we can do uh, amazing things. So this is a great example, again, of bringing the two Bay Areas, you know, Europe and Asia together. And I think that we complement each other really, really nicely. So I expect to see fantastic things out of that. And we're going to go to the Greater Bay Area the week of uh, 5th of August and expect us to have uh, tens, maybe even like hundreds of uh, startups and um, people joining that. It's a very important part of the world to visit. So uh, if you look at Shenzhen, 80% of the world's electronics are made there nowadays. You know, just as an example, or then we have Guangzhou, all 2,000 people working on WeChat, which has more than a billion users. Uh, They're all there. So uh, yeah, some uh, fantastic companies that we will meet. And uh, we will also bring some fantastic companies from um, the finest Bay Area to visit the greater Bay Area. So uh, really looking forward to august already and uh, see what we what we can do but i think it's it's going to be an amazing experience for everybody that is joining us for that expedition
0: right i wish you good luck with the expedition and i hope you have a great day here at arctic 15 the second day of the event thank you very much for having time for this interview
4: hey thank you
0: This was Tribecast Tre, episode 19, and my name is Marina. This week has been full of hot networking for me, so it feels like time to get rest. Therefore, I wish you a nice weekend and stay cool and tuned.